Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. That's Arthi. That's Noor. And you're listening to The Reality Is. question for you go ahead did you or did you not see reza chug pepto-bismol i did <laughs> i did i wrote it down reza has got he's got little mini mini bar size pepto-bismol bottles like what am i watching <laughs> Like, no, I was like, where do you find? The- I have Costco size bottles. I'm like, I should get this mini size. Oh, you were inspired. I got Costco size bottles because, you know, our food is heavy, man. Yeah. But Reza is like, he chugs it before he sits down for that big, all the food that they cooked or. Yeah, I don't know what Like that was. all the groceries. Okay, so they brought all the groceries, which was amazing to listen to. Okay, wait, before we get into that, let's just, hello, everybody. <laughs> okay, we're gonna be talking about Shaza Sunset Married to Madison. And we already Pepto Bismol. Uh, we already started talking about Shaza. So in Shaza Sunset, there was, as usual, a trip somewhere with the gold cast and all of the things that go into that. There's rooms, there's groceries, mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. yelling. And we've also met a new cast member. Her name is London. Mm-hmm. And I have a theory about London. But okay, so yeah, so they go to this grocery store, watching them at the grocery store. I have to say, the grocery trip was a very immigrant experience, especially because Reza goes, you can't just get one of those. If if multiple people like them, then you're going to have to get more. Like, that is so something that like my mother-in-law does, where like my husband always says that when we have like one of something left, like a full size of something, Uh and it's just one of those left. I'm not saying like one piece of bread. I'm talking about Mm -hmm. a full loaf. If our fridge only has one full loaf of bread, that means that we're running low and we need to go and get more bread. So just like the shopping in excess because like truly the trauma Uh there is that they all come from a world where food was at one time scarce. So they feel like they need to constantly load up. Even when I was growing up food was rationed. We didn't have an abundance of food when I was younger. So you would go once a month and you would be allotted this much rice, this much sugar, this much oil, this much kerosene because they didn't have gas. That's how old I am. Also, because that's how longer it took India to get up and running after independence. But we would get rationed. And I remember Stan going to the ration store, standing in line with my my mother with big bags, and then it would get stuffed with food for the month and wow. then the vegetables were the only thing that you would get every day so every all other dry food was once a month and then you had to make do so you would towards the end of the month you would be like what's left over what can you eat what can you not eat and when do we wow. go to the ration store so that's how I grew up so I remember not having access to food the way I, I have <laughs> abundance of access now and I do buy all the time. I do <laughs> I do waste food now, which I get 
very i get yelled at every day by my husband and he's like there's like always 20 percent wasted like, <laughs> yeah but when i bought it it was meant to be eaten and then it sat in the refrigerator it got bad because yeah you you didn't eat it <laughs> i did my part of stuffing my face you didn't stuff your face yeah, that's you, why it's wasted <laughs> you went from growing up going to a ration store to now letting your bag of lettuce go bad in the fridge yes <laughs> What a journey. Yeah, it is a journey. That's why like every brown person you know has a Costco membership because we don't even know how to shop in normal quantities. I mean, even when they're a couple, even before the kids arrive. Yeah, no, I (laughs) honestly, I barely use Costco for my kids. I use Costco for the adults in my house. (laughs) I know. Like if you come to my house and you ask for a Tylenol, you will not get like Tylenol out of a regular bottle. It's like the gigantic Gigantic Costco bottle. We have the Costco side Pepto Bismol. Yeah, I have Costco size Pepto Bismol. And then there was a time when you could only get the plain yogurt, the he, mm-hmm. only in like regular stores. But when Costco started carrying the big giant the he box <laughs> of the he, I mean, it was a game changer. <laughs> Yeah. And then the container also is so good because it's so useful. It gets used for other every, stuff. Every household has a Danon <laughs> container. Plain plain yogurt. <laughs> that's what we And there's a container. And that's used to store all kinds of stuff, right? So there's either a Taster's Choice or a Danon container in every Daisy's house, which is what Kamala Harris pointed that out when she was <laughs> with Mindy Kaling. She's like, my mother keeps stuff in Danon containers too. Yes. Especially a South Indian um, home. No meal is complete without yogurt and rice. Yeah. I grew up in a house with a lot of yogurt and my husband does not like yogurt and he does not like rice. Yeah. And like growing up and eating like plates of rice and like, you know, chicken and yeah. lentils and all that stuff. It had to be plopped with a big spoon of rice. Okay. My husband did yeah. not grow up eating this way. But my kid, he will not eat his rice and like curry unless it is drowning in yogurt. In yogurt. Yeah. yeah. Just swimming in it. And I'm like, you're eating yogurt now like it's just so gross (laughs) he loves it so yeah we also have an abundance it's so yummy disgusting but yummy um so now we also have the dan and containers and they're great for when you have company over hey dan and give us a sponsorship when (laughs) you have company over And then you're like, because this just happened to us on Friday. We had some family over. And of course, we don't know how to cook in small quantities. No. You always always cook so much food. I'm going to say one eighth of it gets eaten then. And then you use the yogurt containers. You pack them all up to go for Mm -hmm, them. mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. then your friends and family that have just visited get to not have to cook for like multiple days. Mm -hmm. Which is why I like to visit more than people. (laughs) But I get food for a couple of days. But also... If you visit a Desi home and you see that the spread is not huge and large, yeah. it causes anxiety for me because I don't know if I should, how much should I put on yes. a plate? Can I take yes. two servings? Oh should God. I just take one serving because I don't know if it will last for everybody? And there are, a, <laughs> there are very rarely you find a Desi family that does not cook enough. Yes. And you're like, are you even, where are you from? Do it's you even so, go I, here? I get secondhand <laughs> embarrassment for Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Someone's house and you're like, is this appetizer? <laughs> Did don't. you guys not go to the ration store today? <laughs> is there more coming? Did you forget something? Is something else warming in the oven that you haven't taken out yet? Because 
this is too, this is too little. You look around the number of people standing around, and you're like, I don't know how much I can eat. And then you start thinking about what do I have leftovers at home in case I'm not able to eat a lot here, and yeah. I'm still hungry when I get home. Is there anything left over at home, <laughs> like, or do I have to stop over. on the way home? Wait. You know what else is interesting is that when you go to like an Indian restaurant, mm-hmm. they bring out the food in like little kotori. So kotori is like yes. a little bowl, right? Yeah. And they bring out the food in really small quantities if you go mm-hmm. to an Indian restaurant. And what's yeah. really strange is when you go out to eat, you always have leftovers. Yeah. And my mom always points that out. My mom is like, yeah. we go to these restaurants and they literally give you one plate of rice yeah. and one little bowl of like a curry. And you or all a- share. You Everybody all share. shares. There's like eight of us. We all yeah. share. And then there's leftovers yeah and my mom's like but if you went to someone's house and they put out food like this you would be like oh my god they're having financial (laughs) troubles like like, how does that happen i know and then and if you had that katori looks like just enough for one person yes right but then everybody shares and then you have some leftover i don't know how that happens (laughs) maybe that's the psychology is like if you serve in smaller amounts you end up eating less and then you feel fuller and you actually pay attention to your body and you stop eating oh my god maybe that may be it but that doesn't work at home no no (laughs) that only works at restaurants it has to be the big traits and you know um every growing up and i don't this is probably true for you too do you have dishes at home that are corning corning wear oh yeah every every indian american in this country has corning wear do you have that white one with the blue flowers on the corner so our house doesn't okay our house only has like maybe one or two plates with the blue flowers because i was like i don't want the plates with the blue flowers instead we have the blue lines blue lines yes it's either the blue flowers or the blue lines So I tried to fight it. I fought it. But I walked by the corning plates and they're like, man, that's they're so convenient. They're glass. They're lighter than stoneware. And I want to get them. But I'm like resisting. I don't have them and I don't want to get it. So I fought it because when you get married, as Pakistani women, when you get married, your parents like give you a whole bunch of, and I'm sure this happens with Indians too, your Mm -hmm. parents give you a whole bunch of house stuff. Mm -hmm. So my mom was like, I'm going to give you serving dishes and plates and all this stuff. And I was like, I'm going to go to like Crate and Barrel and get Uh like really nice stuff. And then I went Uh to Crate and Barrel and of course like the desi in me sunk in and I was like, I'm not making my mother pay $6 for one plate. That's crazy. Because also the other thing for us is we need to have an abundance of plates. Like if you come to my house and there's like 30, 40 people eating meals, they're all getting a real plate. They're not getting paper plates. Our food doesn't hold well on paper plates. No, never, Uh ever. You need to eat it in a proper dish. So so I tried to fight it, but then I went in and got, my mom got it for me from Target. Mm -hmm. And honestly, don't fight it, Arthi. It's, I don't know what (sighs) it is. It's like food even tastes better in those dumb fucking plates. Like I love (laughs) Because it's glass. It's really glass and not really porcelain or uh, china. Yeah. It's really glass and that for some reason it does not absorb all the spices and go bad or anything of that sort. It just is so neutral that it food tastes better. You're right. And then the bowls hold the perfect amount of food. The bowls are the perfect size for a family of four. Yeah. If you have two, it's good for a family of eight. And it's just every Indian American family has that according where. And then they also have what I call a rice dish. I don't think it is. I think it's just a serving platter. Uh But if you go to a South Asian American household and they have the corning dishware and it's not a big party, they Mm -hmm. always will have the same blue flower pattern on a white Uh dish for rice only. Mm -hmm. 
And so growing up when I was a kid, that plate used to be the serving dish for when company was over Mm -hmm. because we were little and we didn't eat as much. Mm -hmm. But as we got older, that same dish got used for like everyday meals in our house because we were a bunch (laughs) of like, you know, grown, growing teenagers who needed to eat. And I have two older brothers and they eat a lot too. So it was just like, now if you go to somebody's house and they serve you a dish of rice in that dish, you're like, that's not enough food for anybody. Oh, I could talk so about funny. food forever. Oh, it's, such a, it's such a... And I love that scene on Chas. The grocery list alone. Yeah. Yeah. So have you had lavash? Yes. How is that different? I think I've had two. It's the square naan, right? It's like thin and square. Yeah, it's like a different... So lavash bread, as far as I know, is a little bit thinner and maybe even... Like it crisps up really, really well. So... Mm. There's different companies that make lavash bread, but it's not like pita because pita puffs up like a pocket. Mm-hmm. It's not like naan because naan is a little bit more like chewy, chewy. and thick. Yeah. It's like a flatbread. It's like if you took matzah and added yeast to it and then it was, that's what it looks like. But uh-huh. it's so good. It's lavash. Yeah, salad. I think I've I've had that more when I was in California. I haven't had it here as much. Yeah. But the fact that they were begging for lavash and they're asking the woman in the bakery. And well, also because like, they what? say it's so cute in their Persian yeah. accent. They yeah, say lavosh. Like, and I'm like, I'm like, well, no, of course she does. She has no idea what you just said. Yeah. Like, just say, yeah. ask for lavash. It's like yeah. going up to somebody and saying, I want yeah. hummus. And then they're being like, yeah. I don't know what that no. is. Yeah. So anyway. What did you think about London? I thought she was fun. I thought right? she was a good ad. She's um, She gelled pretty smoothly, I have to say. MJ, good choice. Um, this is a person, after all of the other people that she brought in before, I think London may be the one that meshes very well easily with this group. She was not, she felt very comfortable in the group mm-hmm. and um, she was funny. Mm-hmm. The way she said that I haven't met Mike, but I have met his penis. <laughs> she was so funny. Well, I have a theory about why London is there. And I have a theory about what's going on with MJ and Reza. Because it is perplexing that MJ and Reza are friends Mm -hmm. when Reza has not lifted the restraining order. And I, my gut says, based on how Reza is reacting to MJ, how Mm -hmm. like he's being so nice to her, Mm -hmm. my gut says that production essentially was like look you need to do right by mj because you did something really fucked up and mm-hmm. the only way we can have you back on the show because what what reza did last year at the pool party was the most the darkest shit i've ever seen on shaws of sunset or anything yeah. on bravo yeah yeah so in order for bravo to agree to have him come back i think he really needed to like redeem himself with mj mm-hmm. because it almost feels like he's like tiptoeing around her and mm-hmm. it and it almost feels like maybe he was like, I'll do whatever I need to do to stay on the show with MJ, but I'm not going to lift the restraining order because that has yeah. to be the only reason why he hasn't lifted it. Because yeah. it, logically speaking, it doesn't make sense that you would become best buds with somebody again mm-hmm. and not lift a restraining order against their husband. In fact, extend it. So yeah, so that feel- doesn't make sense. And it uh, it actually, when Reza says to Nima that I was being fake, when I said it, I was okay and I was apologizing, and they showed that scene again, I didn't—I yeah. had forgotten how earnest Raza was in that scene. Yeah. He said, "I'm sorry" and all that, and now he just throws off and says, "I was just being fake to you, man, to your face." So I'm thinking, if that was acting, then this is definitely not real because you are just acting that you're getting along with MJ. And I think both MJ and Reza were told that if you want to be on this, we are not going to kick one of you out. If you're there, you're both there or you're not there. 
Mm-hmm. So they both oh, had yeah. to reconcile and say, "Okay, we'll we'll do this for the for the money." Mm-hmm. I mean, what is there's nothing going on in their lives no. with COVID nineteen, and they have to do something and earn money, and they're not going to give up that paycheck for Mike of all people. When Mike can be on there, but Reza and MJ cannot be bullshit, so they are going to be there. So they they will make up just for the show, and they'll be cordial for the show. But I know that Gigi wasn't buying that. She was like, "Nope, yeah, that's I what don't it feels have to like. play ball." That's what if and that's I, I was actually thing. proud yes. of her for that. I was like, "No, she was like, this is not real. I don't have to play ball. I have my own storyline. I don't have to worry about these two fools." Yes, and I think the other going back to why I think London was hired mm-hmm. or put on the show is because London is there essentially to keep these people in check. Because <laughs> because the way that Reza comes at Nima is yeah. very Reza. I was like, yeah. oh, there's old Reza back yeah. being a piece of shit, yeah. yelling at people for no fucking reason. Yeah. And then the way that London de-escalates it. That was odd, like Reza listening to her. That's the thing. Reza yeah, like she's a new anybody. person. Reza could have said, you don't know what's going on here. Exactly. So if you are mad at Nima for interfering with mm-hmm. a 30-year-old friendship, why are you totally okay with a complete stranger who you mm-hmm. just met for the mm-hmm. first time coming in the way of finding it's not a 30 year old friendship but you still know Nima and he's a co-worker on your show for mm-hmm. three years mm-hmm. so it just I, that's why I feel like it was so phony but I did love that at the very end of the episode you cut to Reza's face after he says my new year's resolution is never to see Mike stick again he kind of cackles and I was like that's you that's th- that's, that's who you. you are yeah like it even yeah. cuts to his face looking so fucking like almost a like a messy bitch like a messy bitch yeah yeah he looked like a messy bitch who's like eating it up. Like you served yeah. mess for him on a platter and he was like, nom, 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 nom. And that's why he took the Pepto-Bismol because he was like, I'm about to eat some messy shit on a platter in my Corningware dish. Okay. That's right. But it was also, I was laughing my ass off when he came in from the shopping spree and he was like, no one's here. He was like, Aviva Dresher, where's my banner? Where's my drink? Why isn't there music? Why isn't everyone coming in and giving me a hug? <laughs> you were welcomed the way everybody else would have been welcomed, Reza. Exactly. What are you talking about? And Nima was pooping. <laughs> He's like... He went to the bathroom. What? He went to the okay, restroom. Yeah, like, how dare, how dare he do that when I am walking in with the grocery? What? Yeah, the man had bowels to take care of. You don't. You don't. Okay. First of all, when you have to poop, you don't hold that in for anybody because as adults, and especially with the diets that that's why he needs the Pepto-Bismol. He keeps holding it in. Yeah, especially as adults with diets like these people. Like when you have to go, you go. Otherwise, it disappears into your body, and then you don't poop for like four days. So Nima's not going to hold that in for anybody, okay? (laughs) It it like effervesces into your soul. That's probably why Reza is so full of shit. So yeah, he's like, like, nobody's greeting me. Like, get the fuck out of here. And then Destiny brings her dog and she's like, my dog gets bad vibes and like can tell and like runs away from people with bad vibes. And then like literally five scenes later, they show Destiny in a pool and she's asking for her dog to come to her and her dog's like, fuck you. I'm getting the fuck away from you, lady. And she's like, he's like, he's like, I'd rather drown myself. I see water. I'm jumping in. I'm going to die. I hope I die. Please, God, let me die. 
<laughs> yeah, Frank Sinatra has left the building. Like it was not. He was not happy. He just ran down. He just ran and dove into the pool. He's like, I am dying. This is my chance to die. And then he was like, Fuck! She put a floaty on me. <laughs> the exactly. bitch put a floaty on me. I want to drown. Exactly. Kill me. Put me out of this misery. <laughs> um, also, I want to see MJ and Ramona play tennis together one day. Oh, that would be awesome. MJ was so good. I know. I was surprised. She has great footwork. Not MJ and Hannah Burner. Oh, fuck Hannah Burner. I don't want to see her. <laughs> Ramona, look, on Bravo, the first person to play tennis mm-hmm. on Bravo with that much passion was Ramona. Was Ramona. Don't yeah. forget her tennis pro, Jill's tennis pro, mm-hmm. and Mario and Ramona. Yeah. And love Beth, to see and, that. and Luann. Yep. yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, BravoCon, have a tennis game. Yeah, do a tennis players. match between MJ and Ramona Yeah, Sager. it would be outdoors. It would be easier for people who are afraid of COVID. Just go outdoors and have a tennis match. Between oh, my God. I would... I wouldn't I'm giving go to- so many ideas. I should probably get paid by Bravo right now. I know. Well, we're here, Bravo. If you want to just <laughs> give us the pennies, just throw some, throw like five cents an ad for us, and that's all we need. Yeah. Okay. So, Gigi. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, so Gigi's new storyline this season is that she's into polyamory, which is <laughs> essentially people who don't want to be monogamous and want to be in relationships with multiple, multiple people. Look, Gigi. I've seen the true life. I'm with multiple partners on MTV. This mm-hmm. doesn't go so well. Uh, have you seen the show, time show, Polyamory? No. You should watch it. It's too much work, man. They talk too much about feelings and they're all the different couples. They have to worry about, each person has to worry about ev- their feelings no. and relationships yeah. with each other person. I mean, it's like a friendship, but it's even deeper. And then you are like constantly adjusting your feelings to make sure that everybody feels okay in a relationship. Polyamory just feels like way too much work. Way and that doesn't too much seem work. like something Gigi wants to do. She's barely no. ever had a job. That woman does not want to work for anything. She's just going to do whatever she can to not be just keep doing something to shock people that's i think Gigi gets off on that i don't know i will say like she's trying to she is trying to have a genuine conversation with mike but at the same time she wants mike to just say okay yeah you're right you figured me out he doesn't say that so she just gets really mad and walks away but here's the difference like Gigi might really be interested in polyamory i'm not gonna say that she shocks or whatever but you know she may be truly interested in that and that's fine but i don't think what uh, Mike is doing is really that. I just Mike love would it. have a polyamorous relationship and still cheat on all five of his relationships. <laughs> he would. He would. He would have five partners and then he five would still find another person. Person. Yeah. He he would still be texting this random woman, right? On so WhatsApp that's the that he claims he doesn't yeah, have. That he doesn't have <laughs> that's WhatsApp. So funny. Like, like, I don't have WhatsApp. Like, no, dude. You have WhatsApp. It's like, no, I don't have WhatsApp. He's like, you have WhatsApp. I have texted you. You have texted me back on WhatsApp. We're in a group text. <laughs> it cracked me up because, look, I know people don't like Nima. I love Nima. I thought mm-hmm. that he was one of the best additions on the show. I think he's great. I thought he was best when he first came. Then I thought he was not. And now I'm back to on Nima's train. See, he's messy, but he speaks the truth. He does. At the end, essentially, Reza is terrible. But then Mike is also terrible. But I have to say Reza is more terrible than Mike. But Mike says he feels somebody is conspiring against him. I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. Mike. Yeah, it's your friends who decide. It's not even he feels like someone is conspiring against him. It's like 
Mike, you know this because it's your turn, okay? Yeah. They, they take turns, and it's your turn this season, and that's all it is. Yeah. It's and did you notice that one conversation they shared about um, Destiny talking to um, Paulina? Paulina? Yeah. And Paulina says, when Mike first met me, he said, "They'll be careful, just look out, because people will come and give you all these stories. That's like Mike like gaslight to gaslight like he sets up the gaslighting yeah he gaslights to set up his gaslighting later on so he's like i'm gonna gaslight you later but let me gaslight you now to set you up for it later so when i do gaslight you you believe me yeah he loaded up on the kerosene at the ration right exactly He's like, uh, we'll need this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's like such a horrible person. If somebody tells you when you first meet them that, look, I'm very famous and there's a lot of people who text me and it's going to get messy and you just have to be strong enough to put up with all that, run away. Yeah. Hi, That's Harold. not the person you have to go to. <laughs> he just parts at every damn thing. <laughs> oh, oh, sweet Harold. Hey, before yeah. we talk about Married to Medicine, did you watch the Potomac trailer? I did. Let me tell you something. You know I love mess, okay? Give me yeah. my Pepto-Bismol. I love mm-hmm. mess. But I'm not looking forward to Giselle coming for sweet angel Eddie Osefa, okay? No, no. No. Leave our Eddie alone. But I'm excited Leave- for Wendy to destroy her. I am too. I want to get. I want to DM Wendy and ask her to come on and just, we'll help you, Wendy, to destroy Giselle. Because this woman... Don't come for Eddie. Your pastor, holy whore, is not making a comeback to you. So don't take it out. Take out your jealousy on Wendy and Eddie. This is just too much. I'm so glad when uh, when Wendy said that I know who you are. I see where everybody has been telling me about you. Yes. Yes. I was like, yes. Now I want Wendy and Karen on the same side. That's what I've been hoping and praying for. That Wendy and Karen form an alliance. Yeah. And I'm just waiting for that day. It's wild that this was not even the full trailer. It was a teaser. Yeah. It was a teaser. It was like three or four minutes long. And it was way more interesting than Beverly Hills has been this far. Or even uh, all of Atlanta. Yeah. All of it. It was like, no. This is so much. And even uh, New York. I mean, even what we have been watching in New York, this three minute was a lot more fun. So it almost makes me feel like I'm looking forward to Potomac the way I look used to look forward to New York. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I'm excited for it. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to Married to Medicine. Now, what do you think about this friendship between Quad and Anila? It's fake. You think so? Yeah, they don't quite get I I think Anila is um, doing all kinds of extra stuff. Did you feel that? Like she was being extra with Quad. She was like kissing her ass so much. I understand why Toya is mad about it because Toya likely feels like a stepping block. Like she feels like feels used by Anila. Yeah. And I understand that. And Anila and Toya's conversations were more on par. Two people on par. And that seemed a little bit more genuine the way they talked to each other. Whereas now Anila is like just kissing to, um, quads as so much and it yeah. felt so icky. You know what moment felt the most icky is when they mm-hmm. went to meet up for lunch and Anila goes, your party <sighs> was 
the bomb. I was oh, like, yeah. nobody talks that way in 2020, Anila. And yeah. don't or say, the- don't say that. Is that are you saying that because you're talking to a black person? It yeah. was really weird, and I did. And not the like fact it. that she brings up uh, Karen's penis again, he's just like, oh, you know, there are Indian men are big down there too. You know what I'm saying? I'm it like, was too what? much. It was like you would never Why? talk this way. Although her mom is so crazy that I'm like, maybe this is how Anila is. Yeah, I no, no, I'm not saying that this is not how she is. I'm yeah. just saying that it that's how she is. Her mom is messy too. She's messy too. But the point is that made me cringe. Yeah. It made me cringe as a Desi girl yes. to say, hey, don't talk like that. Yeah, we don't talk that way. But I mean, you I don't get talk it. that way. It's fine. I, I think she's like trying to fit in. So I understand where she's coming from. But I don't think she needs to do that. Just be your genuine you. You cannot be both. You cannot try to be both Indian and also try to be black. So she's like trying to be black is how I felt. Like she's trying to fit in too much. It was like, really no, weird. they'll accept you. Just be Indian and they'll yeah, just accept be yourself. you. Don't, don't. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, just felt uh, it made me cringe. Nothing wrong. Nothing obnoxious, but it still made me cringe. I was like, yeah. don't. Yeah. What yeah. do you think about the Contessa Toya Simone scene? When they went out to eat and the ladies essentially were sitting there and telling Toya, like, something's wrong and obviously you're upset. But Toya just kept eating and drinking and pretending like she didn't want to talk about it. But the funniest thing was she was, like, talking about it passively, making jokes. And they just cut to Simone and Contessa Mm. and they're like, we're not laughing. Not laughing. (laughs) (laughs) I think uh, Toya will not receive this kind of feedback from anybody other than Eugene. Yes, and even that she she sure. doesn't trust any of them. She doesn't no. trust any of them. Yeah. So she will not receive this from any. These are not her real friends. I don't think. I think Toya is really feeling left out. Yeah. Like she has no friends here in this group. Yeah. So she is feeling left out. She's not going to trust any of them with that kind of um, advice. Yes. Yes. So it has to come from Eugene, unfortunately. Well, so they have this dinner at Simone's house, which Simone loves to pronounce. Ah, oh, Messy Boots Simone. Messy Boots Simone loves to do um, counseling. But, you know, this is the one time I got some insight into Contessa and Scott's relationship. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. when Contessa is crying and then Scott is trying to calm her down and then he just keeps telling her to relax and then mm-hmm. she's like, I can't really, like, this isn't what I want. And then he immediately responds with, oh, so what, you never do anything wrong? I was like, oh, I see. This is what you're doing in front of a camera, in front of people. It's much worse at home. And I yeah. understood then in that moment, I understood what Contessa probably deals with all the time because I don't think that Scott But is- I don't think it's one-sided either. Well, I, d- I certainly I don't it, think that it's one-sided, but I mm-hmm. think that Contessa is more open with her feelings in front of mm-hmm. people. And likely what we're seeing of Contessa right now in these moments on the show is probably close to who she is. It's, yeah. you know, it's somewhat polished, yeah. but her emotional reaction to things is likely yeah. who she is. Scott, yeah. we just got a glimpse of what Scott might actually be like, and I did not yeah. like it. I was like, oh, okay. You guys yeah. are not good for each other. No, and they're not. I think they came to some a like conclusion, but it was really funny because it looked like they were like, oh yeah, we're gonna work on it. And then Simone and Cecil were like looking at them so proud of themselves. And Toya and Eugene were like, this is a fucking disaster. They were mm-hmm. judging the shit out of them. They were like, this is not gonna work. Like, yeah. you guys, I don't know Wait. who you think you're fooling, but you're not fooling us. One of the things as couples that makes you feel good about yourself and when you go to a dinner party and you find some other couple that's even more messed up than you. 
And I can imagine, you know, Toya and Eugene on the drive back thinking, at least we're not them. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So, but I was like, um, I don't think like Scott just being saying, I will be more romantic or doing small little things is going to be enough for Contessa. I think she also wants a lot more. Yes. And I don't think she's able to say what she wants. She's not, I don't think she's articulating to Scott what exactly she wants from him either, because I don't think she quite knows. She's unhappy with him. She's, it might, she might even be on the verge of saying, I don't like Scott. Yes. But I'm afraid to say that because then that'll be the end of it. And then I have kids and I have to worry about them too. But she's not saying it and she doesn't know how to move from, move from that to just living with him and just being having some semi, you know, sensible relationship for a little while while the kids grow up or whatever the reason may be. Because Contessa is a successful, good-looking woman. I mean, and she seems very confident and, and to some extent even overconfident about her abilities and things like that. And yeah, like Cecil and Simone were saying, she's probably the more freakier of freakier of all of them in terms terms of intimacy so what is holding her back and why is she struggling with saying what she really really wants is uh, is a mystery and I don't think unless she spells it out for Scott Scott seems to be more like a cut and dry person you have to literally tell him this is what I need you to do and he'll do it but I think it it's won't also, come from him and yeah. she's expecting it to come from him and it's not going to come from him. I think it's also hard when you come to a realization in your relationship that you want, you are maybe more ambitious and I think women struggle with this a lot, is when you realize that maybe you have more ambitions than your partner. Especially women, because women, we are still so heavily conditioned, regardless of how liberal you are or how progressive you are, how feminist you are, we are still somewhat conditioned in our mind that like our husband needs to be, you know, almost at a higher, like, like more successful or as successful as us. And when we start to feel like we want to be more successful, or we have more ambition, or we are the ones that are doing more with our life, especially in our careers, I think that there's some part of our brain that doesn't know how to deal with that. And I think that's might be that might be something Contessa is dealing with because Scott seems like somebody who's very happy with status quo. And mm-hmm. Contessa is somebody who wants to keep growing. And I think to your point, she wants to keep growing. She's still not sure how exactly, mm-hmm. but she wants to keep growing. And I don't think that Scott really wants to. I think Scott's like, what? Everything is fine. And ultimately yeah. it comes down to like what you grow up seeing too. If you yeah. grew up seeing a base that was a baseline, like with your parents, mm-hmm. you're you're likely going to want to do that or more, a little yeah. bit more. Yeah. But so if your parents were different and your life situation was very different, you're going to want even more than that, right? Yeah. And so sometimes it's like our baselines were completely not the same. So mm-hmm. Scott might be ambitious in the way that he thinks is ambition based on how he was raised. And Contessa's ambitious in a different way. And I think mm-hmm. that sometimes it just takes a moment to realize my partner is trying the best he can based on what he believes is the best that he can do. And you mm-hmm. have to sometimes take their word for it. Like, it's so weird because I was watching and I just had a conversation with one of my girlfriends who was having something similar. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I just feel like I'm the one that's constantly pushing my partner to do more. Or think Mm -hmm. about things or think about Mm -hmm. the future. And I'm just exhausted and I don't want to be the only one that does it. I got a feeling that maybe that's what the issue is between Scott and Mm -hmm. Tessa. Which is a very honest and real 
issue. But even that, she's not able to say it out loud, even no. the group that, that she's talking to. Because they think it's an emasculating be- thing to say. Yeah, they keep beating around the bush, but yeah. not really talking about the issue. Yeah, it's. I think ultimately it's because it's an emasculating thing to say. And I think that, again, it's our conditioning that tells us that we can't say things like that to men. And especially, I would imagine, I, I know how Desi men are, and I know that black men are very similar to that. Mm-hmm. It's a very, uh, it, t- it cuts their ego. So that's yeah. it. All right, this let's is talk- 10 minutes 10 minutes more than I wanted to talk about Contessa. Oh, I'm so people. sorry. Okay. Right? No, I'm just saying that Contessa had to come in with the storyline now. Because I'm like, no, I wanted to talk about it now. But I'm just saying that I don't like Contessa. Now I'm like, you know, I'm trying to like her. And It was a good Contessa episode, I gotta yeah, say. It was. It was. It was. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about it. It won't me. last. It won't last. I still wouldn't like her. Okay. I just made up my mind. Okay. <laughs> like, all right, no. let's talk about Holy. Oh. <sighs> Could you tell all of our listeners about Holi? And I just want to it's tell you, Holi is. Wait, I want to tell you, even though I'm South Asian and even though I grew up with Bollywood, I've never played Holi. And it is one <gasps> of the biggest, like, to do's in my life. I've never played Holi and mm. I really want to. Okay. okay. Tell everybody what Holi is about. So we will do Holi next spring then. So, um, Holi is really the, um, it's, it's the, for, it's the first festival of spring really it's it welcomes spring uh which nobody mentioned in the show no <laughs> I was like no um it's welcoming spring so you do it in it, it there's a particular date um by the hindu calendar it, so it's not the julian calendar but it'll change every year but holy on holy day you celebrate spring by throwing colors of spring so you welcome spring so that's why you wear white which is representative of winter mm-hmm. and you cover yourself with colors for spring that. and yeah. that's what it is um there is uh there are lots of mythology uh, mythological stories associated with the festival of holy and some of them are good over evil kind of stories and um we do the day before the night before uh, the morning of holy we do something called holika which is a big bonfire Ooh. and we burn a big huge bonfire and we throw in um you know whatever what you do um you you throw in logs and all of that, but you also like sort of burn with that all of your resentment and your oh, sadness yeah, yeah. Yeah, and rejuvenate to rejuvenate for spring. It's a new, uh, fresh spring year, and you, the the you know the sadness and dullness of winter is gone. Is what it is. Right? It's like so, the bonfire that they do for Noruz. In yes, character. it's like yes. no rules, but no rules is for New Year's. Yes. Holy is not the New Year for us. Um, although there's in January, we do have some some communities in India have their New Year's, including yeah. Tamils have New Year in January and not really in um, Diwali, which is in October. Yeah, we don't consider Diwali as New Year. We consider we have a separate New Year's. But uh, Holy is basically the welcoming of spring, so it's a fun, fun uh, tradition. You dress up in, I mean, they dressed up in really good clothes, but typically as kids and yeah. everything, we wore old clothes that yeah. we didn't mind getting color on. Yeah. We would wear clothes and you have like water balloons and water, uh, you know, what are they called? Guns. Guns. Yeah. We call it pichkaris and um, you fill it with colored water and you have color powder and you just go around the neighborhood, you know, 
getting everybody wet and everything messy and you come back home. I have to show you my picture of me and Holly. You can barely see my face. It's like I I'm covered that. in color. I'm like completely drenched and covered in color from head to toe. And the goal is to get so much color that even after you take a couple of showers, you still have color in your hair and color on your face. So when you go to school the next next day, everybody knows that you had a good Holly. Nice. Okay, so growing up watching Indian movies, they always yeah. used to have pong. Yeah, which is like pong that, is like basically it's like a pot drink, right? Yeah, it's basically um basically marijuana uh with lots of sugar and honey and milk and you boil it and you make a nice sweet drink and it's um uh, it's like instead of hot chocolate, you have you can have pong, but that's <laughs> that's only in like um uh, in like oh um some parts of India, yeah. older, um, northern parts of India, yeah. where it's really cold and you have like nice warm pang. I have never had pang, which is sad because in the, in southern India you don't get that, so we we never had the tradition of making pang. So yeah, so you just I would lit. love to have a proper North Indian holy celebration with pang. Yeah, let's do it. Let's make it yeah. happen. Yeah, Anila has this holy party, holy slash birthday party, which like I. She tried to have a two for one. Yeah, I was very confused by it. Also, like, I know she was really dressed up, and obviously, I loved seeing her in a sari and everything. Yeah. But I was like, okay, but if, even if you weren't having a holy party, mm-hmm. why would you wear a sari to a barn, like, farm birthday party for your daughter? It didn't make any sense to me. Yeah, but that is what she was trying to do. She wanted to do more sari scenes, and then oh, she I wanted guess. to do, and then she used holy as an excuse. She wanted to do holy for the adults, and she had no other excuse to do something. I don't even know if she did holy on the holy day. I don't know. Yeah. Um, she just did randomly did a birthday party and a holy, and she tried to club the two and get a deal out of it. So I'm, I'm pretty sure she wanted to have a birthday party for her kid. She told the people that, oh, yeah, I'm going to do a holy party for my uh, former TV show and you'll get exposure and your restaurant will see all that. And she got a deal out of each one of those things. <laughs> Let me tell you something. It wasn't holy because holy last year was March 10th. Yes. And they clearly filmed over the summer or It September. was summer. It was like after yeah. the March. Yeah, so it was yeah. well into August, September. Yeah, so she just said, I'm going to have a holy party and your restaurant and your uh, party um, company your will be on. Yeah. yeah, so you give me a deal. And then she got a birthday a birthday um, party out of it. Wild. Wild, yeah, I know. Don't try to deceive us, Anila. We know. Yeah. We know yeah. too much. So they have this party. Jackie, Heavenly, Lisa, Nicole, Kari, uh, Toya, Contessa, and Quad show up. They all play holy and they all fight. But before they do the holy fighting, Heavenly's mm-hmm. fucking terrible, okay? But before we get to Heavenly, Jackie and Heavenly walk in and Carrie says, is that Jackie and Heavenly or someone that works here? And I was yeah. like, this feels problematic to me for some white lady to be like looking at a bunch of black women and being carrie like is that who they are? why is carrie even here don't bring carrie in she's spoiling the whole thing it's just really weird they have this like yeah. group of auditions basically between mm-hmm. lisa nicole carrie and Anila. Yeah. and it's just yeah. it's very awkward but they come and then heavenly and lisa nicole trade words because heavenly fat heavenly fat shames her and yeah. she like relationship shames her and i was like heavenly you probably don't have a perfect marriage and two Mm. 
used to be a heavier person and used right. to fight with Jackie because Jackie would fat shame people. Yeah. And now you're doing the same fucking thing. It made me really upset. Yeah. And by the way, earlier in the se- in earlier in the show, Jackie age shamed somebody. Yeah. And she, she called did. somebody elderly. This is why I don't like Jack- Jackie. That is wrong for the medical system to actually use that phrase. Yeah. And instead of standing up against it, you are actually using it. Exactly. Instead of saying that is wrong, and there are so, so many medical um, pr- uh, medical uh, you know doctors that do not want to use that phrase because it's so wrong yes. to call a woman in her forties elderly. Yes. That's not how you classify a woman in her 40s. And for them to do so is wrong. And there is a movement to change that. And instead of using the right words, she actually leans into it. She's so dumb. It's, they call it, literally, they call it a geriatric pregnancy. Yes. Maybe after 36. Right, right. It's so fucked up. And here's the thing. Even if that's what they call it, why would you say that to your patient? Right. I don't want to hear that. Like, yeah. Sure, you want to run some tests? Go ahead and run the fucking test. Don't yeah. call me. Just say, because of the age you are, we're going to run some extra tests. Okay, great. Yeah. But don't be like, we're going to call you geriatric, you yeah. fucking geriatric yeah. ass bitch. Like, don't yeah. do that. That's yeah. not helping anybody. She has the worst, worst. The way she treats her patients really bothers me. Telling people, going to their house, cleaning out their pantries. Don't like that. And I then know. now she wants to do, what does she want to makeup. do? Like, makeup. Well, it's fine. But when they were talking about, oh, I just found this company and you just give them their idea, your idea and then they just make it for you. Yeah, she's, she's just taking doing... a brand and putting it on a yeah, whole bunch of... She's, she's doing... doing what Trump did. She's like licensing her name. Yeah, or what Giselle did. She did yeah. it. She's doing every Hue Beauty, basically. Yeah, they also use the it cracked me up because we were just in a clubhouse uh, last week. Somebody pointed out that Shahs of Sunset they always play Indian music on Shahs of Sunset mm-hmm. as background music. Mm-hmm. That yeah. same music is used in Family Karma, and then yeah. they use that same music on the show. Anil, on, yeah, on, on Anila. Anila. yeah, yeah. It's like you guys can't get more like you know Trixie Monocle can't make you like a Daisy track with like. Oh my God, Bollywood <laughs> puts out so much music more than anybody else in the world. Just and by the way, track. and nobody in Bollywood would even care if you use their track because guess what? Mm-hmm. Bollywood is using all your music and not giving yeah. you any money for it. So no don't worry right. about copyright. Yeah. So there's no worries about that. They don't care about this little thing. They're making a ton of money on their music. So exactly. Yeah. And then what did you think of Anila's mother coming for three months? No, I don't want to see her anymore. She makes me really, really upset. I get secondhand embarrassment from her too. She also reminds me of all of my, all of the annoying aunties that we always hated. Yes. I hate it. We hated them growing up. We didn't want those kinds of, kind of women in our lives and we hated them we ran away from them and now she's on our tv i don't, I like don't know it. why i can i cannot get get on board with Danila and her uh and her mother i like kieran so much but i'm not able to get on board with Danila yeah and kieran mother. is kieran is my favorite i think yeah he's he so seems funny. like decent and he seems real and he seems like how our family would be right yes like you and i would be our yeah. families would be our husbands would be he seems very normal and that's what indians are like these two seem a little overboard and trying so hard they're so thirsty the other thing about manjula auntie that i it always cracks me up is maybe not at the party because she probably got her makeup done but whenever she shows up at anila's house <laughs> yeah she always wears foundation that's like five shades too light which also is very mm-hmm. much a thing that those annoying aunties yeah. do yeah. Which is like, oh, you want to put on white face. Okay. Cool, yeah. Cool, 
beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my God, speaking of, so Fad's, one of Fad's cousins, my husband's cousins, is getting married in Pakistan. Uh-huh. And they, whenever there's been a wedding, they've asked for makeup and stuff to be sent over from America. So we'll like, mm. I'll buy it. They sent mm. me a list of the makeup. And like they're asking for ivory and porcelain foundation. And I was like, oh my God. Uh, no. And I want to like text them and tell them, like, by the way, this is too light. Yeah. Like, this is what Irish women wear on their face. Right. Okay. Right. You're thinking yeah. that you're gonna look fair. You're gonna look ridiculous. You're gonna look yeah. ashy. You're gonna look yeah. like a clown. I know it's like, but so Amandula Auntie does the same thing. She shows up with like foundation that's way too light, which is like very much a you know, it's a it's a it's a impact of colorism and colonialism. And it's yeah. terrible. So that's it. Uh, that's all the stuff. Yeah, it was uh, the holy itself was fine, and that's how we do holy, and all of that was fine. But heavenly is screaming and loud and obnoxious, and of course she gets all the color in her mouth. I'm like, you yeah, keep good. your mouth shut, you idiot. Exactly. 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 Uh, I was happy that they brought their hair coverings and they had the scarves and they had Contessa was like, no, this is a Dollar Tree (laughs) fake so I can throw it away on my way home, which is fine though. They got the memo on that. But, you know, um, and it, and it's but it's cool because it's not something that I would think of because I don't have the experience of black women and knowing how mm-hmm. to do you know how you take care of black hair. Yeah, I have no idea. So mm-hmm. it just goes to show that you don't think about those things because mm-hmm. people in India they just do holy and let their hair get disgusting. And it is yeah, what it is. but what Quad said was right. I'm like Quad and um, um, Toya were like, "Why are you trying to do this, Anila? We are not ready to make up. Why are you trying to make it?" Yeah, they were yeah. like both of them. Both of them got on Anila and they were like, shut up. Don't try to make peace. You don't have to be the peacemaker. At the same time, I wonder if production is telling her to do that. Yeah, because she does. I don't know. She, they might, she have, like, they might be directing feel. her to get her yes. to feel like part of the group. And like, yeah. why don't you make them feel? Yeah, that, I can see that happening. But also don't. You'll be born because they'll both turn on you because you're trying to do this. And if at the reunion you say production told me to, production will deny it because yeah, production doesn't what, have your yeah. back. No, even, yeah, production won't even be asked. Andy will deny it before production does. You'll be like, yeah. No, that didn't happen. Exactly. <laughs> All right, guys. That's it for this week. Uh, for this episode we are going to be back on saturday and we're going to have chelsea from ono bravo on are we truly for sure we're truly for sure going to have chelsea from ono bravo and i'm so excited because you and i will get to see her without her disguise (gasps) oh my god not the listeners that's i believe that in chelsea's world that is called being invited to the lunch table so we're very excited oh wow it is very exciting all right. It is. She might be the person who cut me off on, on the way to Giant. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know. It was a blonde. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if she, but I don't know if Chelsea's a blonde. Nobody knows because oh, she wears wigs. Yeah, that's true. You have no idea. She could be a redhead. Know. Nobody knows. Yeah. yeah. We'll find out and we won't well, tell you. She's close to me somewhere around. Yeah. All right, guys. We'll talk to you on Saturday. Bye. Bye.